Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Old Nerd, Young Nerd. I'm Todd. I'm Derek, and we are back, baby. We are back. I had throat surgery. Derek was trying to get eaten by a bear. Well, listen, I wasn't trying to get eaten by a bear. I didn't even see it. <laughs> I was kind of hoping. I was hoping that you would at least oh, be attacked you know by a no, bear. No, 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 no. See, I was kind of hoping. See, see. There, was a, there was that like small part of me that was just kind of saying, you know, I really wanted to say, you know... Derek and I had this really great show. He was really an idiot. He's going out to the middle of nowhere. Utah. He got eaten. Utah. Whatever. Zion. Middle of nowhere. Zion National Park. <laughs> I highly recommend it. But Derek did not get eaten by a bear. And I he's didn't back. I see a bear. The closest he's... thing to a bear I saw is your dog right now. Yeah. He's, he's vicious. He is vicious. Yeah, you're attacked Pomeranian. I know. All right. So we are here with our next portion of our anthology series. This is actually episode 11. Episode 11. All together. So this is our 11th episode. Yes, um, this episode is our fourth, fourth version. Fourth, fourth uh, iteration. Uh, what are we going to call it? Um, fourth in the series. Fourth in the series of our gaming anthology series. So if this was akin to Star Wars, this would be our Phantom Menace. Okay, so that that's, that's not, that's, that, is not, that is not a positive thing. Well, I don't know if I would have made well, that listen, correlation. Listen, listen. Minus the this, is, this is when the Titanic sank. Uh, a lot more Darth Maul, <laughs> no Jar Jar. You know, positive. We're focusing on the positive. All right, all right. No um, <laughs> all right, Generation 4 um, was from 87 to 93. Basically, right around um, the time I started being alive, yeah, yeah, right, right around the time I uh, was active, active, <laughs> <laughs> active and having fun, yeah. fishing up uh, high school, the going into college, the, the prime of your youth. exactly. Before you got old and depressed, yeah. Before, before bills just destroyed me. You know what I mean? Where you had to worry about bills and everything else. It was that like it was that twilight time. Where you didn't have to worry about all that extra stuff. It was just fun, fun, fun. So my daddy took the T-Bird away. <laughs> Derek doesn't even know what that means. All right. It was an it was a song from the Beach Boys. Ah. Um, I know who the Beach Boys are. I oh, okay. Didn't recognize that particular. Okay. So. Um, we finished up with uh, Generation 3 with, uh, you know, the Master System, Nintendo Entertainment System, and we're going into Generation 4, and Derek, a quick rundown on the consoles. Let's forget about the handhelds for right a second. Let's just go on the consoles for right now. Right. Uh, so, obviously, the two most famous Generation 4 consoles would be the Super Nintendo, the SNES, and the Sega Genesis. Which, according to Derek, was really the first... Well, Sega. You know I never from really, the, from like the last episode, which is hilarious. The master system, and as far as I'm concerned, Sega started living well before the master system. Even you realize that, right? There was way more games. Sega actually was making games in the video arcade before anything came out on consoles. But did it matter? It mattered to me, buddy. It mattered so to what me. You're saying is it didn't matter at all. It mattered to me and a great many millions of uh, 
young kids all across the country. But anyway, all right. I don't mean Japan. I mean everywhere. All right. So what are the so Genesis, Super NES? What else? I mean that honestly, to my knowledge, that was all there was. But you obviously know more. <clears throat> Turbo Graphics sixteen. Um. Which was kind of like a rare um, system because it didn't have a huge software support the way Sega did and the way Nintendo did. So they didn't really have a lot of um, a lot of third-party support, obviously. Um, and obvi- and you know Sega, uh, not Sega, Super, uh, not Super. Nintendo had their still buddy, but get your thoughts. Nintendo still had their iron control on uh, the software market, which we talked, we discussed um, when they first came out with the uh, NES, just because they didn't want to go down the same road that Atari went down with um, ET and and just letting any anything slide through tracks, but. I think they went down a slippery slope, and we'll talk about that when we get to the Game Boy, um, obviously. Um, (laughs) um, But it it was kind of ironic because the SNES and the Genesis were really the mainstays for, I'd say, 90% of the planet. You know, not, not that I'm, you know, saying... One particular part of the planet didn't really like Nintendo. One particular part of the planet didn't like Sega. But, but for, that was like the vast majority. The who played console games, it was the one SNES or the other. And the Genesis right. Well, even well into the 90s, they dominated. Yeah. And um, I still think they dominate today. I mean, there's still like classic well, games that. Um, there's, um, you know, they come out with. Uh, they have those all-in-ones out now. Here's here's the all-in-one Nintendo. Here's the all-in-one Genesis. And it's like, yeah, you're pointing right at the ones you bought. <laughs> and the, the funny thing is, they're like 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. And you get 100 games or whatever mm-hmm. with them. What I liked about it, I think I got the Genesis one. It comes built in with 80 games. And you can actually play the original games. Oh, so you can put your cartridges which, in there. Exactly. Nice. Um... Which I kind of like a little better than what they're doing now, where they're just preloading the games, and it's just sort of like what it looked like, but not, you know, for people like me that ha- that still play their games and still have their games. Well, not everybody has three Nintendos, two Genesis, uh, four Atari. I'm sure there's a lot of people that do. I'm sure there's a lot of people that do. I'm saying not everyone. But no, in all seriousness, like the... The great thing about those consoles is you can go to like the the garage sales or anything else, and you see a Genesis game, you can pick it up and you can slot it right in there and it'll play. Yeah, you know, with with like the newer things, like with what Nintendo's been doing, like in 2016, 2017, was releasing 60 to 70 games where you could hook it up to your high def TV and you can still play it. But if you had the old games. Your SOL. You know what I mean? So, um, and there there are like certain games that um, people have um, an affinity for. Like for for Genesis, for me, 
like probably my favorite game, and you've probably never heard of it, was Herzog's Vi. What? Herzog English? Herzog, it was German, actually. Ah. Herzog 2 technically means. But it was basically like a... Um, ah, jeez, what would you call it? It was like a... A dumbed-down version of a... Um, I'd say, I want to say Age of Empires, but Age of Empires is way beyond what Herzog's Vi is. You basically no, build your... Real-time strategy game. Yes, RTS. It was like well, it was. It was probably like the basis. That's why. That's why you're still around. That's why I still allow you in here. Right. Yeah. Um, because you can find somebody. No, but that was one of the, like the first RTS games that was a console-based kind of thing, where you could kind of put it in, play it. You build your base up. You go. You you attack the other the other side. And I think that's actually rare now, but I but I don't think um, the um, the eighty games that that came with came with it, and it's kind of really hard to find now. Well, but they probably, probably pulled like a top eighty. Oh yeah! Oh, definitely. I mean, obviously, I'm not the um, poster child for the top eighty games. Like, I liked all those like um, I like the French games. Yeah. yeah. Games. Well, you actually enjoyed the ET game, so I did like the ET. I, I I still like the ET game. I mean, it wasn't like a huge thing in terms of playability, but it did have it, it did have a fun factor, and it was and it was totally based in all honesty and all seriousness. It was totally based on how much I loved ET. I say, Had nothing really biggest, to do. The biggest ET fan. Yeah, I've got like ET all over. All over. I'm a little worried. Yeah. Well, you're not, I'd be worried that you'd be on a certain list. No, I'd be okay. So? I'd be okay. I'd be fine. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but that's what I liked about um, Genesis, where Nintendo kind of really stayed within like that core kind of like gaming group. Genesis, I think, in my personal opinion, took more risks. With like with kind of like fringe games, you know. Whereas well, I don't think really Nintendo really did. Well, something we were talking about off air with one of the Genesis most popular games, Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat for the Genesis, Blood. Mortal Kombat for the SNES, not so much. And it's funny because you know I talk to because I still play games with, um, and we'll get into this in a couple of shows, but I play. Um, mobile games with people from around the world. And I was like, did you ever play Mortal Kombat? And they're like, yeah, of course we play Mortal Kombat. I'm like, did you have the blood code? They're like, what are you talking about? And it was really only in the United States where there was that um, that code because other countries didn't have those kind of restrictions the way you, the U.S. did. And I mean, Like, they all had the fatalities because the Mortal Kombat... The arcade game had the fatalities right. and Nintendo. and everything else. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Nintendo, though, as it as it at least as it's seen now from a modern perspective, Nintendo is the more family friendly of the of the consoles. Mm-hmm. They have the more you know they have the more rated E games. Like if I were to have a kid, I would buy them a Nintendo probably before I got them an Xbox or a PlayStation. Right. Yeah, and. 
And I don't know if that's... I, I, I don't know if they pigeonholed themselves... A little bit, maybe. ...into it purposefully or just kind of happened. I mean, I well, think I, they kind of backed themselves into that corner because... Look at their most popular characters. Now, yeah. Mario. Is Mario, Zelda. Zelda, Donkey Kong, Pokemon. It's all family-friendly. Right. Like our podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, well, Derek, to, Derek and I had a little have a little conversation. I mean, I before want to I want to curse before before we started this Somebody whole thing. I'm like, let let's let's say PG, you yeah, know. Let's get it out. Of, let's get it out. Now. Yeah. That so we had to get that taken care of we first. Don't actually do rehearsals, as you can tell. We do kind of rehearsals. There's 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 a slight. We do and we make sure the microphones still work. And they did. Yes. Thank you. Thank <laughs> they had you. To be but you know what? Shame. This is this is way better of a laptop. Shame. Way Shame. better. Because you know why? Shame. It just sort of happened that the fact that this laptop, you can't hear the hard drive being accessed like you can the first 10 episodes. You know? Um, that all worked out. Um, but with respect to you know, talking about Nintendo and everything uh, with uh, Mario and Zelda. Genesis is Genesis is and that's actually a word because I just made it up. Genesis. Most famous uh, character is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And I kind of like that in that a certain sense. When I was a kid that I watched. And it was a cartoon but it was a, it was a video game character before it was no, cartoon. No, I understand that. I'm just saying. Merchandising. Oh, yeah. No, you, you watch <clears throat> baseballs, right? Merchandising. Yeah. But I don't think Sonic ever, in like, ever reached the level that Mario did. Or, to a lesser extent, yeah. even what, what uh, Link well, did. I mean, Mario owns Sonic now. Nintendo owns Sonic now. Sonic is on Mario's game. Sonic is on... Um, Super Smash Brothers, Mario's Olympic game thing. Sonic's there, and it's kind of interesting how that that pendulum swung that way, where they were, you know, completely and utterly separated. You know, and I think honestly that came about with with the conversion, not the conversion, um, the. Um, the movement towards all kind of video game uh, characters with um, not Street Fighter. Who was the other one? Um, Mortal Kombat. Not Mortal Kombat. No, the one where like for each system had their own uh, unique players. Like if you oh, want Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur. I couldn't think of it. Thank you. Soul Calibur two. Oh, that one. And I that, think I that. think that was like the 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 start of where that whole. Mishmash started this is, happening. This is several generations ahead. Right. I had the Xbox 360. No, no, no. Actually, the original Xbox was that before. Mm-hmm. So I had Spawn. Mm-hmm. I dug it. Spawn was an awesome character. But the PlayStation 2 had Vader and Yoda. Yeah. Like, what the actual F? Yeah. I said F. Yeah. I didn't say it. You said a letter. You mean that? You said a letter. Could mean anything. Could said a letter. Well, I forget. I forget what Nintendo had. Nintendo had. Um, had Link. It had Link. Was it Link? Yeah. 
Well, that makes two. I'm sense. like ninety five percent positive it had Link. Yeah. Well, I'm five percent positive that your ninety five percent positive was wrong. Who do you think they had? Who know. would they possibly have had? Link, Yoshi. Link makes sense. Yoshi as your Soul Caliber two you know attacker. Well, let's move on, and I'll, I'll, see, All right. I'll see what the truth is. Um, but the. Uh, Generation 4 system was basically the advent of the 16-bit microprocessor and the multi-button controllers. So we really moved up from the Atari, which was a joystick and one button, to um, from the three buttons, and then we moved into the eight-button controllers. Um, and more, because it just it just grew from there. But uh, the other, the other generation force. Oh, go ahead. Do you have something to say? I was gonna say it turns out you may have been right. Uh, there's no thing. may have. You you may have been right. Looking at this cover of the game. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> um, but we were talking about this because you didn't even realize the the other two systems were the Philips CDI. Yeah, that. Which was made by SNK, which is I think. Honestly, the first CD-ROM-based game. Oh, 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 okay. Not separate and apart from the Sega CD, because that came out before the Sega CD. It was a CD-ROM game system. Correct. Okay. And that was by SNK. Um, SNK, most popular for my generation, for I Carry Warriors, which I loved. I Carry Warriors. I carry warriors. I K A R I warriors. Oh, great okay. game. I thought it was I C A R Y. No, 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 it wasn't that. Um, and then <clears throat> that was sort of like the upper echelon of the video games. And then if you really had a lot of money, you could afford the Neo Geo system, which was like six hundred and fifty dollars back in nineteen ninety. I dig the name Neo Geo. It was, and, and here's what we were talking about, too. Um, with Neo Geo, they were a direct port of the um, arcades. Not oh, yeah. so much, yeah. not so much the, you know, and we were talking about this before. It's not like a Pac-Man or something like that, where it's one program where the ghosts just get faster, um, the time you have uh, being invincible is less. That, that, that's a small type of programming type of situation. But with the Neo Geo, they really went into um, those higher level type of games where they had multiple levels, they had different levels, they had different bosses. Whereas um, Pac-Man, Cubert, uh, it was all the same thing, just increased difficulty and everything else. So the graphics didn't change, um, the the levels didn't change. It was really just speed, um, strength, and you know, uh, the, the, just the same thing over and over. With <laughs> SNK and Neo Geo, that was the first real introduction of a direct port to one of the more advanced um, arcade games. Okay. And I, I remember everybody back in the day really wanted one, but 
$650 right now is ridiculous to spend. $650. And, that's, and that was like uh, 20 something, 25 years ago. $650. That is easily over 1000 now. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like if you have Bill Gates money, then that's fine. You can, and the games were like $250 a piece. Really? And and here's what and here's what cracked me up too was games since the advent of the Atari, for the most part, from the Atari back in the eighties till now About have been 50, 50 or sixty dollars. Yeah, you know what I mean. Back in the back in like the late eighties, early nineties, they wanted two hundred fifty dollars for that. And I remember going into Babbage's or Electronics Boutique or whatever. They'd have like six games because obviously Super Nintendo and Genesis had like 50 games. So you've right. got 50 choices right. between one of like your, like the average Joe. So and then you be, have. You would go in there, it'd be you and like 30 other kids staring at all these SNES and um, Genesis. And Genesis games. And there's that one rich kid. So, well, which of these six games do I want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if that's the case, you're never in there anyway. Right. You know, like I like I couldn't understand the logic back then or now where they would think that's something you really want to market on a mass market scale. You know, with with you know, a Babbage's or you know, anything like that. Because no one ever sold games that high before. Babbage's was the same as Electronics Boutique. I think Electronics Boutique eventually bought Babbage's. Like yeah, it was a GameStop. I think GameStop eventually ate up all those two. Um, and I guess we could always research where where the the hegemony was and all those, but they are all basically the same thing. Gotcha. It was basically a GameStop for people that don't understand or didn't remember. Babbage's now Egghead Software was basically just software based. And I don't know if you remember that. Nope. That was just totally software based. Didn't really have any they might have had like video game systems, but it was basically just software for to play on the computer. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move to the handheld systems. And I'm gonna let you take point on this. Right, well, <clears throat> Generation same, 4. Same system, or same era. Generation 4, with Generation 4 comes the advent of handheld gaming. Mm -hmm. And by handheld gaming, we're talking about the Game Boy. We're talking about the Game Gear. And then we're talking about two things I never knew existed. <laughs> the Atari Lynx and the Turbo Express. <laughs> now, let's just, let's just throw some numbers out at you. The original Nintendo Game Boy debuted... July 31st, 1989 for $89.95, mm -hmm. which in modern money is about 171 <coughs> Right. Um, then you have, uh, sequentially, which one was next? The Atari Lynx, October 11th, 1989 for $189.99 for a modern equivalent of $365.16. And let me interrupt you for just like one second. Um, First time and you're, for everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Atari Lynx, when it first came out, and I, I shouldn't say that, 
The Atari Lynx reminded me of what the Sony PSP came out. It was the same type of marketing in terms of we're going to be better than Nintendo, we're going to be better than this, we're going to be better than that. And yes, it, yes, it was technically a better system, but again, they didn't have the software support, number one. They had a higher price point than um, that really than could really be introduced to mass market. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 there was a lot of parallels between the Lynx and the PSP. But get, uh, I interrupt you. But get. Okay, so the next one was the Turbo Express, which, um, <clears throat> what, was its, what was its parent system? Was the uh, TurboGrafx-16. That's it. And that was one of those type of systems. Ironically, um, if, we're, if we're looking between parallels, that was kind of parallel to uh, the the Wii Switch in a set in a sense. Um, in, uh, terms of, dog. in terms of well, actually the the dad the daddy of that or I'm sorry the more modern equivalent I was thinking was uh, the PSP, which the PSP's main marketing thing was you could play your PlayStation games on the PSP. You could switch back and forth. No, uh, with, with the TurboGrafx Express, it actually. Because the the TurboGrafx sixteen was the um, came with the CDs, you could actually put the games in the TurboGrafx Express. But um, kind of the way you could do it with the Switch now, you could play a Switch as a console. Well, the Switch is the console, right? That's that's a kind of hybridization of it. Wow. But well, it, but it was the same. It was the same game essentially. You'd be pa- playing. Whatever you're playing in your living room, you could take with you on the train or, you know, to college or school. The PSP would play PlayStation games? No, the disc was too big. But, like, you had, you could try I remember the commercials. You could transfer it from, like, your TV to the PSP. I don't don't think you can. No. Because the commercials made it seem like. Because the PSP had, like, had the smaller discs. Yes. So the the PSP version, uh, the the PSP games, were just PSP games. The Turbo Graphics games were Turbo Graphics Express games as well. They were cartridges. No, they were CDs. Turbo Graphics sixteens were were um, CDs. I think they were HD. Uh, they were um, high density discs. Actually, they were like they were kind of like cartridges, but it was kind of like they, but they were discs. But the game that you played on your TurboGrafx-16, you could play on your TurboGrafx Express. Right. Anyway, it debuted... Um, there isn't an exact debut date for North America. It's, uh, December slash January 1990-1991. In the New Year area between 90 and 91, December right. January. It sold for a whopping $299.99 for a modern-day equivalent of $525.75. Which is another craziness. Yeah, and within two years it would drop to one ninety nine ninety nine, and there there wasn't a whole lot of games for them either. I can't imagine it would be at that price. Um, and then we didn't talk about the the number of game titles for Game Boy and Game Gear. Not yet. Oh, okay, so that brings me to Game Gear. All right. Last but certainly not least, the game the second Game Gear debuted April twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. For a cost of one forty nine ninety nine, modern day equivalent two hundred forty nine dollars. Still, my like one of my favorite handhelds. I still have it. Well, 
Listen to this. All right. uh, Sega developed this to... It ignored the Turbo Express and the Atari Lynx, pretty much. Because mm -hmm. uh, the Game Boy owned the handheld market. Sega developed this to compete directly with the Game Boy. And it was designed... The physical design of the Game Gear was to look like a Genesis controller because they thought it would be more comfortable to hold in the hand than the mm -hmm. Game Boy. Yeah. All right, it was now. like a... It was a, it was a huge... Um, it wasn't really huge. It was like this. It was, it was, like, it was a block. I, obviously, we're uh, it's a rectangle, right? Um, it still had it more the same like a controller than, than the Game Boy, which is really like closed hands. Yeah, um, it had a lot of great games. It had a lot of great RPGs. Um, my Transformers Alliance uh, mobile game is actually based on one of my favorite games for the Game Gear, which was Shining Force. Yeah. Um, but that was almost a direct port from the Master System game. Because uh, I believe it had the same processing speed as a Master System. Now, obviously, you know, Master System was like um, the console before the Genesis. But the, the Game Gear tried to port a lot of their games from the Master System to the Game Gear. Now, what I remember about... I never owned a Game Gear. My, one of my best friends had one. I played it occasionally. Mm -hmm. It had a better screen than the Game Boy. Mm -hmm. A uh, color. It had color, mm -hmm. which would be the, the next Game Boy, the Game Boy Color. Mm -hmm. So you had color. Uh, the sound quality was better. Mm -hmm. And I think the games were probably overall better. Yeah. But um, getting getting back to a game library, Nintendo, the Game Boy game library is gigantic. Yeah. Gigantic. Yeah. Probably too much. Is what's roughly was it like sixteen hundred? Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot, and so, and they aren't they weren't all winners, folks. No, and that's and that's where I kind of think Nintendo started going on that slippery slope that Atari was was just too much infamous for. Yeah, because when you throw too much to consumer, they're just inundated, and it's like. You know, why even bother? I mean, here, here's the thing. Like I said, 1,600 games to choose from, they're not all good. Why even bother putting out the crap ones? You know if a game's crap. At that point, like, someone's like, oh, this is a Game Boy game. Let me buy this for my son. Maybe they'll like it. Son hates it, plays it once, never plays it again. It's all garbage. You just wasted 30 bucks. Yeah. That's what those games are designed for. And, I mean, you know, nowadays it's fine. If there's, you know, 1,600, 2,000 games and you're paying a dollar for it at some, you know, uh, little flea market or something. But when you're paying $30 and you have no idea yeah. what you're getting into, right? it's 30 bucks. What you was, know? Uh, what was Game Gear's game library? Like? Yeah, it was like two or 300. But I mean, those, those were solid. I mean, those were solid ports. Um, from a lot of games, I think, I think I had like twenty or thirty games for my. Um, I still do so for I played, Game Gear. I Mortal Kombat on there. It was pretty much just like playing on the Sega. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really. Genesis. It was kind of a, like a, a. It was a. It was a good port of a lot of the Master System games, and it was color. It was color before Game Boy Color came out. Yeah. So you know, you, well, yeah, you really do have to. Do that. And I mean, in all honesty, and this is why I like uh, Sega a lot more, um, Genesis generally came out and uh, Sega did what, or I should say Sony did what 
what uh, Sega did was they really tried to came, come out with like high quality games. Obviously, Nintendo when they first came out after like the the video game fall, um, they really wanted to come out with NES. Yeah, not not the SNES. They really wanted to come out with solid hardcore games that would appeal to the mass market to obviously sell more more consoles. But I think as time went by, they fell into that um, problem that the Atari had was oversaturation. Yeah. And Sega never, I don't think, ever really ran into it. I don't think uh, Sony ever really ran into it because, they did, number one, they didn't have the market share. Um, so they had to kind of really look more at what they were selling than Nintendo did. Nintendo was kind of like um, the big gorilla, you know, uh, on the block. Didn't matter. Because people would buy it. It was Nintendo. And they really ran into that same issue that, that Atari did. I mean, because I've, got, I've gotten crap games before. For Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Uh, but this is like 20 years later after the fact. Where I'm like, alright, I'll spend a dollar. Right. At like a swap meet or something like that. I'm like, oh, thank God I didn't buy this for 50 bucks back in the day. Because, you know, it was crazy. But, uh, and, and that's segueing into this, and we didn't talk about it. Um, this is kind of really where the development of, like, uh, the publishers came in. And publishers in terms of periodicals. With Nintendo Power, with Electronics Gaming Monthly, ah. with all that type of things. Where you kind of got forewarned before you spent... Thirty, forty, fifty dollars oh, yeah, on have, something. They have gaming magazines now. They come out, they preview stuff, they give it a rating. Mm-hmm. If you see something in there, it's like the title might sound cool, then you read about it, and it's rated a three. You're like, yeah, yeah this kind of sounds terrible. Yeah, glad I didn't fall for that one. Yeah, and you know, and I think that kind of that kind of helped save Nintendo um, from like the utter fail that that Atari had. Um, and, and again, I think you can really see where, uh, a supporting market was kind of really formed for all these kind of things. I mean, there were websites then that were starting up and everything else to kind of really look at. All it takes is one, one, one guy who's like, oh man, I bought this game. It sucks. I don't want anybody else to have to suffer for this. Yeah. Let me post online about it. Yeah. But that didn't happen back in, back in, at the Atari 2600 days. Oh, no, the internet wasn't. Or really even Nintendo or Super Nintendo, you know? Um, and it was just kind of a, a growth period for the whole marketplace. You know, I think, and I think really this was like the advent of that, in all honesty. From from a, a grassroots type of perspective. Whereas before that, you kind of had Nintendo had Nintendo power, which is basically like, uh, it's Nintendo publishing it. So they're only going to publish what they think is the best and what they want you to buy and all that kind of thing. Right. And it wasn't until later that we got into 
those other games, and then we got into, and obviously this isn't for this have, podcast, but a, but later on, you have neutral publishers now that just review, uh, right? Game Pro, yeah. I, and I don't even know if Game Pro is still around, yeah. but but I used to I so used to read former Game Pro. Well, Game Informer was I think from uh, was uh, published by God GameStop. It well, was it was is, a, it was a wholly owned subsidiary of GameStop, so well, it was that kind makes of a like lot of sense because if you join GameStop with your membership, there you get a free year subscription. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. You never knew that before. What? You never knew that before? No, I didn't know they were owned by GameStop. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, if you ever actually look, I just thought they were phone Um, but I mean that that's helpful too. Um, to them as a reseller of mm-hmm. games, which didn't come about until later on. Um, of, uh, squeaky toys. Yeah, of the um, of the marketplace. I mean, it was a, it was a real evolution of the marketplace, and I think that's where it really started from. This generation. Well, speaking back to this generation, um, by by 1995, the sales of the Game Gear and the Lynx combined, average, you know, combined. Less than seven million by nineteen ninety five. Now let's compare that to the sales of the Game Boy. Sixteen million units sold by nineteen ninety five. That's insane. Well, I mean, but here's the thing: Links. The Links is almost two hundred bucks. Right. Gears a uh, um, hundred and fifty bucks. Game Boy's eighty nine. Eighty nine mm-hmm. ninety five. So ninety bucks you get a Game Boy. But perks. The Game Boy had more, more perks. Uh, it was more durable. I don't, I'm not exactly sure why it was more durable, but apparently it lasted longer. It could t- sustain. I think honestly, it was because there was like way more plastic involved, probably in the Game Boy than there was in the other systems. I mean, the I know the Game Gear was heavy. Yeah, I didn't actually ever own a Game Gear. I waited till the Game Boy, uh, the Game uh, Boy Color, uh, to actually buy into that. You mean the Game Boy? Game Boy Color. You said Game Gear. You have two, don't you? No, I have one. I have one, and it still works. But that was that was a lot bigger, um, and it didn't have obviously the durability that a Game Boy did. Right. Well, and uh, so obviously it's more economic. Mm-hmm. Like, what parent wouldn't rather pay ninety bucks than one hundred and fifty bucks? Because for you know one hundred and fifty bucks, you you get the Game Boy and you buy a game or two with it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, it had better software. The batteries lasted longer in the Game Boy than they did in these other systems. But if you bought a Game Boy, it came with a game. Most Tetris. Games, yeah, Tetris. Now, I don't know about your personal feelings toward Tetris, but I'm not a fan. I am not a fan of Tetris. I don't hate it. Tetris is something you can play for like maybe 20 minutes. And then you're good, and you can move on to your next like, thing in life. It's not I'm like a... I'm the type a, of person that, like, I, I like plot, and I like point. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people who love The Sims hate it. I hate The Sims. Oh, there's, there's oh okay. No, there's no plot, there's no point. Yeah. It's just, things continue and keep going. Yeah, Ooh. ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. 
So I've um, never really been too into racing games. Yeah, I mean, like, once you go around the track once, all right, you beat the track. Oh, cool, I get to do this two more times. It's different when you're shooting, like, uh, humming, shells yeah, yeah. Humming, humming shells and stuff like that. Right. Um... Let's go into number one games for the, like the major systems. Okay. Fire away. Well, all right, so Super Nintendo has to be Mario. Right. Genesis, Super Mario World. Genesis has to be Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Uh, the other ones I would have no idea. It was, it's kind of interesting we were talking about this with Genesis. Um, one, two, and three for Genesis was Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and then... Ironically, the third most. Uh, um, oh, it was Aladdin. Aladdin, right? yeah, from the movie. Like I, well, and it was a platformer. Now, don't and get I, me wrong. Aladdin's a freaking amazing movie. Yeah, I, I I saw it in theaters. I I was that young when it came out. Yeah, but the game sucked. It was a platformer. It was a standard platformer. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the original Prince of Persia. Not the new Prince of Persia from, like, the Xbox series, right, right. but the actual Prince of Persia from Nintendo. Um, so it kind of reminded me of that. Obviously, there was part of the reason for Prince of Persia was Aladdin. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was there was that there. Um, but I was surprised at that, too, that Aladdin was, like, the number three best-selling uh, like, for that. How, how is Mortal Kombat not... Uh, well... Maybe family-friendly reasons. I don't know. I think that's honestly what it is. Yeah. The Sonic the Hedgehog, you have no problem getting your six-year-old. Aladdin, you have no problem getting yeah, your six-year-old. Because Sonic, all it is More is running around. Sonic the Hedgehog, all it is is running around, grabbing rings. Yeah. And you're good to go. You know? Um, but you know what cracks me up was when we we're looking at uh, TurboGrafx-16, uh, the number one game was a video game or a video pinball game called Devil Crush. Which which cracked me up because I like I like of all the video game systems that you're gonna buy uh, an expensive video game system for it's freaking pinball it's pinball yeah yeah it was nuts it was nuts um I think that's all I gotta say about this generation what do you got anything else well I I like really 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 pumped for the next generation. I know. As we go on, Derek, this this uh, more this is, comes to this is my time, my time is, to shine. This is generation our, five. This is our segue um, between old nerd and young nerd. Is is really is this generation? I mean, because this is where kind of like a, yeah, the two of our generations is, kind of like met and parted, yeah, and you guys four, took over. Generation four. In all seriousness, yeah. Because I mean, my aunt had an essay. Uh, some of my friends growing up had an SNES or a, or a Genesis. I didn't have any of those. My first system was the original PlayStation. Yeah. My first console was the original PlayStation. My first handheld uh, thing, um, your uh, Game Boy Color. And that's all stuff we're getting into, Generation 2. Yes, yeah, we are. Baby. We're getting there. We're getting Why there. Not two? God, five. We talked about two. Yeah. Two, uh, five, episode 11. You know, it gets very confusing. Stay with us, folks. There's numbers. Um, what? Don't, don't, 
I was going to. I was, I was going to let you do it because I, I you like you made fun of me. So like I'm going to let you do it. I don't like your special song. I'll say the last part. I don't have no. I don't All right. Anymore. Just remember, normal is a new boring. Be nerdy. There we go.